Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 55. I am Matt O'Leary. 55. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for jumping in, Mitch. You didn't even let me get through the introduction. I'm Matt O'Leary. I almost said he's Mike Scudero out of pure habit. It was a long day. You're Mitch Anderson. You get your well, whoever Post. you're cheating on me with out of here, Mike Scudero. Please, I'm doing all right, Matt. It's uh, nice and, and and humid here in Ottawa. I opened my beer well ahead of time, so I'm going to be done this well before we're done our podcast. But I think that's fine. No overflow either tonight, apparently. Mm-mm. No, I figured it out. Just take it out of the fridge a little bit earlier. But we're, we're okay. gonna we're gonna just buy cans because cans don't seem to overflow. See. Now we're, you can't have a bottle overfill if you don't buy bottles. Now we're thinking a little bit. I now like it. Yeah, now we're thinking. All right, Mitch, so what edition are we going with for 55? Is there anyone else but Johnny Boychuk? Well, there is. There's Jason Blake, Felix the Cat, Potfang. For those who didn't see, I'm doing like cat hands, paws or something, because he's quick like a cat. <laughs> I like the Boychuk one. I like the, the Blake one because I forgot about that. Uh, either one of those two are fine. I would go Boychuk, I think. Yeah, just recency. Get some Johnny Bombs. I'm really animated tonight. I don't know why. We got to check that beer, see what else is in there. Might be laced. Oh, hopefully not. Mitch, we got a lot to talk about today. There's Hmm. some rumors stirring up, so let's start there. Yeah, the big one. The big topics of conversation. The Islanders' names is supposedly in the hat for Panarin and Carlson. Not saying they're going to get both, not saying they're going to get either, but their name is being mentioned in that conversation, and that alone has to be a pretty good sign. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, clearly. Uh, so they are interested, and they're not only interested, but they've made inquiries. So they've they've spoken to either Kekalainen 
or uh, why can't I think of his name for the GM, uh, Dorian, Pierre Dorian in Ottawa, and saying, hey, what is it going to take to get your your boy? Um, now, when it comes to the case of Carlson, this will be a diff- little bit different because he's got, I believe, a modified no-trade clause, if not a no-move clause. Uh, I'm just looking it up now as I'm here. Might as well. He's got a modified no-trade clause where he can say no to 10 teams. So... Who thinks the Islanders isn't on that list? But, like you said, they're still in on it. They're making the inquiries. They're looking to add these players. That is good news. Yeah, that's got to be one positive sign. And even, like, I feel like those lists are going to end up being updated just because of the Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo factor. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think that you can base this off of, you know, in the, a couple of years ago when it seemed like everyone and their grandmother was on the list for not wanting to be traded to the New York Islanders. Um, Panarin, out of Panarin and Carlson, which would you rather? Oh, well, okay. Which would I rather? Carlson. Carlson. I think that answer is really easy. Yeah. I think you're pretty set on the wing. Obviously, like bringing Panarin in a point-per-game player helps with – the loss of Tavares. Yeah, too it, it was, like kind of like negates it almost, right? Essentially, even though they play different positions, I, right. I, I get it. But I, I want the defenseman. Yeah, I, th- I think when you look at our roster in terms of scoring goals on going forward, we don't necessarily have any issues. Yes, we've lost 37 goals from Tavares last year. That's a big deal. Um, can we make those up? Probably not all of them, but we can make up some of them. But our real issue is moving the puck out of our zone, getting the puck out of our defensive zone and going forward into attack. That was the problem that we had. Guess what? Eric Carlson is one of the best ones doing that. Best ones in the league out of all the players. He's one of the best at doing that. And he puts up a ton of points. So whatever impact you think that Tavares had on the power play, and he did have an impact, Carlson gives you more. Right. He probably makes that power play even better than what it was. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he could even help out on the other end too, penalty kill. Yeah, he, he didn't do a lot of penalty killing in Ottawa, uh, or he doesn't do a lot of it, but it, it's worth a shot. With a team as terrible as the Islanders on the penalty kill, why not? Right, because as is, they use Letty on the penalty kill as their best uh, defenseman. So yeah, you would he's think their that best maybe skater, they... right? So like, if the puck gets free, give it to Letty and he'll skate it out. Right, so I was trying to go with the same logic there with Carlson. I think that's fair. I think the only issue with that is that even without power or penalty kill time, Carlson already plays almost 30 minutes a night. Yeah, good point. (laughs) When he's not on the ice, the Ottawa Centers have no idea what they're doing. Pretty much, so if he does get traded, it will look even more disastrous in Ottawa than it already is. It will be a nightmare. Do you think one's more realistic out of the two or do you think they're both a stretch like where are you ranking these at the moment in terms of realism yeah oh Panarin for sure I I doubt Carlson can happen I, I really do for I, I I know we have the pieces to make the trade work I don't think he has the intent to come whereas Panarin according to our reports line at least wants to be in New York and not only New York but New York with the New York Islanders specifically as one of six teams in the NHL that's huge that is massive for the Islanders. Yeah, even if they don't end up landing him, just the fact that like a big-time player like him has the Islanders on their list that is 
what, one-sixth of the league, one-fifth of the league? Yeah, a fifth. Well, ish, right? There's 31. Roughly. Way to go, yeah. Vegas, ruining their nice, clean odds. Or not odds, but divisions. Fractions. Yeah, fractions. Yeah. Oh, boy. We're way off. Um, but that the, the point is that even if they don't land any of these two guys, it's still a positive step in the direction of the culture change, right? Um. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think so. I think it's one of those indirect culture changes where the culture... The ex- what? How do I want to say it? The exterior culture, how other people see the franchise, and not even, not just within, right? Because Lou wants to change the culture within, and doing that is going to have that kind of. That's where I was going with this: a positive externality. So there's such thing as negative externalities when we're talking about economics, where like a factory produces um, billows of smoke and all kinds of pollution. That's a negative externality. Positive externality is good things coming from what you're doing. So good things coming from what Lou is doing is guys like Panarin saying, hey, you know what? I'm interested in your project. Right. So exactly. I, I think that's massive. And it, it's not it's not directly because of the culture change, but it's one of those indirect things that is having that tangible effect. And it's it's giving us what we've wanted and what we've always really craved for. The lights yeah, I think are that's flickering in my house. I don't know what's going on over here. <laughs> okay, we'll just we'll just ignore that, I yeah. guess. <laughs> scary. I'm a little uh, scared. Oh boy. Either way, I think the main point we wanted to hit out from here was just that that it shows the view of this team is changing from around the league. And yes. that's in year one. That's a good goal to set. It's not, not even year one, right? It's like month four. Right, he came in in May, so May, yeah. June, July, August were kind of September, like five months. That's insane. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for it. They haven't even played a game yet under Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo, so that's right. I'm sure going into 2019, it's going to change even more. So yeah, so, so I'm, I'm on board for it. To you, I say, what do they give up? What is your most likely target? So who do you go for? You, I know you want to go for Carlson. Sorry, I should say, who do you think is more realistic as a target? And what do you give up for said target? Uh, la, 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 Panarin, probably. Okay. And I say, what would you give up? Because we got that question like a million and a half times on Twitter today. Okay. I would go a first, as Mitch checks his surroundings. <laughs> If you see a, something in the background, let me know, all right? Okay. <laughs> a first, Brock, and Taze. Wow. For Panarin. Yeah. A first, Brock, and Taze for Artemi Panarin. And is, is, this, is this a sign-in trade, although they never happen, so probably not? This is just for the year. This is just for the year with... An extension possibility. Oh, that's still a lot. Yeah, he's a point per game player. I know. I know he's a point per game player, but you're still only getting him for a year. Okay. Well, look at what the haul Rick Nash just got at the trade deadline. Right. And that was for a rental. That's and Rick true. Nash isn't that same player. Yeah. See, I put down Eberle and a fourth, even though I, I, I wrote a fourth, and I hadn't looked, but the Islanders don't even have their fourth-round picks. So that wouldn't make sense. So it'd be maybe a second. Let's say that. That's two rounds up. That's a lot more. 
than I originally wanted to give, and I don't think that's enough now that you've convinced me otherwise that you're right, Rick Nash got a heck of a lot at the trade deadline, and maybe that's one bad GM giving up way too much for Rick Nash, um, but he did get a lot. Even, um, what's his name, uh, Evander Kane got, what, a conditional first, a fourth round, and a roster player, maybe not a roster player, but a prospect from Buffalo for a few right. months of Evander Kane. He ended up re-signing there, and it ended up working out, So they get that first. So you're thinking first round, at least for Panarin, right? So that's what you've got. That's the bare minimum. And then I go roster player and prospect. Yeah, but you're giving blue chip prospect. Well, that's what they're going to want. Like, it's a a blue chip with, with salt and vinegar on it. It's one of those tastier blue chips. That sounds good, and I would be sad to see that chip go and not be consumed by myself but for nine years of Artemi Panarin I'd be okay with it okay all right I'm not 100% convinced but you've got me like 75% convinced on your trade I find when I talk to you a lot I find that you don't want to give up anything oh I I want to give up nothing Nothing, especially in this position. Look, Panarin wants to go. He does not want to be there. The leverage is all on the Islanders' side. We don't have to give up the moon because he wants to leave. We could just wait them out and say, okay, you know what? We'll see you in July. Actually, we won't see you because you aren't going to be at the table. Mm -mm -mm. And then we get your boy for nothing. (laughs) I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess you could. Although then you run the risk of the other five teams that he wants to play for countering your offer. Yeah, and then you lose out on him, and then you lose out on Everly and Lee too because you were focusing on Panarin, and then it's a doomsday disaster. We'll get back to Lee and Everly. We'll touch on them a little bit later on in the program because I've got some numbers for you. I'm going to toss at you. Toss okay. at you and everyone else listening some numbers for Everly and Lee. Okay. I'm excited to hear that. Okay, good. Want, want to talk some Lou? Changes. Yeah, let's talk some Lou changes. Changes. Time to face the fact. Changes. That's as best as my singing voice is going to get. <laughs> I can't deal with you today. I don't know I don't, what's going there's on. There's got to be something in this beard, like coffee grinds or something. I'm not going to sleep tonight. It's going to be awful. <laughs> That's good with two kids. Um. Anyway, Lou Lamarillo has already come in and made some changes. Nick Letty. No beard. Johnny Boychuk, no beard. Well, Johnny Boychuk didn't have a beard. Do you mean Andrew Ladd? Johnny Boychuk had a beard. Did he really? Yeah, at some points he had a beard. Where the heck was I? Oh, man. Okay, Boychuk, beard, gone. If he had one, if he doesn't. If you have a beard, (laughs) it's gone. And also, if you wear a number that's like greater than 10, it seems like you got to change it. (laughs) Yes. Pretty much. Um, no. So the rules are um, no long facial hair. So Scott Mayfield, you're lucky you cut your hair last year. Uh, Matt Martin, you're okay because you just played for Lou. Um, no facial hair. So no mustaches, no goatees, no beards. Um, and then there's the numbers. Lou doesn't like anything that exceeds 30. And that, that there's three exceptions to that rule. If you're a goalie, you can wear 30, 31, 35, and I think 40 is another goalie number. Um, If you're a veteran, 
So if he's coming into the team and you're already there, then don't worry about it. You can keep your number. So well, hold like on, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, but that. Okay. Well, wasn't Adam Pellick and Scott Mayfield here? Correct. Yeah. And they are changing their number. Right. So it depends on what Lou's definition is of a veteran. According to the NHL, anyone who hasn't pl- who is above a year of experience is a veteran. I don't. I don't agree to that, but like that's the NHL's definition. Okay. So I don't know what he defines as a veteran, but Johnny Boychuk gets to keep his 55. I don't know if he's told, like, Thomas Hickey, I consider him a veteran. He changed his number. Right? Yeah, with some controversy around it. A little bit, anyways. So his things are, if you're a veteran, you can keep your number. If you're a goalie, depends on what your number is. And uh, if you're someone just stepping in temporarily, you can keep your number. So if you're you're being called up from the AHL and you're playing like three or four games or one game, don't worry about it. Don't change your number. It doesn't make any sense. Anyone else, you're going to change your number to anything under 30. Mitch, I have a take. Okay. This is dumb. Oh, my God. It's so dumb. No, it's not. I hate it. Yes, it is. Why this is, is the most dumb? ridiculous thing. Why can you... You should be able to wear whatever the number you want. What's the difference? They can wear double zero for all I care. If they're scoring goals, it doesn't matter. Right. So you talked about this earlier. Culture change. Oh, don't give me that a number on the back of your jersey exactly is going to I'm change going. anything. <laughs> it's not going to change a thing. How And do facial you know? hair doesn't change anything either. Okay, so the idea here is that I believe, this is all conjecture because I have not spoken to Lou, uh, but from everything that I've read and everything that I've gathered, the idea here is that you don't play for the numbers on the back, you play for the crest on the front. So if the team is dictating what's on the back, your individuality ends at the crest. You're individual within a team. You are responsible, you are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You are... A member of a team. I'm forgetting a word here that I really want to use, but I, I, I just, I'm blanking out. You Slave? Are, no, not even close. God. No. They are a member of a team first and individual second. Their individuality does not matter as long as the team wins. Sorry. No, that's not what I want to say. Their individuality does not matter. The team winning matters. And so having a number in, in excess of 30 is an abhorrent, according to Lou, show of individuality that has no place. Is the rule trivial? Yes. Is it stupid? No, it is based in yes. some sort of logic. You can go with that argument all you want, but I just gave you a pretty good understanding and a pretty good justification for the culture change and the culture change that Lou is trying to instill within this club. And I think, you know what, if that's going to change the culture around here, so be it. So be it. I, I, I'm super down with that. I don't do care a, about a number. Then they should take the nameplates off the back, too. Well, you can't. He tried to do that, and you can't. He tried to do that with the Devils years ago, and they told him you can't do that. It's stupid. I hate it. I, I really don't like it. I think it's ridiculous. It's almost bad. Like, I make fun of the Yankees for all their dumb rules, but so, now my team is going to have the same thing. From what I understand, he kind of gets that from, is it Steinbrenner who used to run the Yankees like years ago? Yeah. They had kind of the same policy. No facial hair, no long hair. Well, you can have that's a right. mustache and that's about it. Right. Nothing below the upper lip. Right. So, kind of the same deal. He's getting that influence from there. 
Whereas you're accountable to the club, you're not accountable to yourself. And why not? Why not? What is this going to harm? What, you bought a hickey jersey? Boo-hoo. Like, you know what? There are inherent risks when you buy a jersey. That that player may not longer may no longer play for your team. I got a John Tavares jersey autographed, framed in my basement that I have to look at every day. That sucks for you. I know it does. <laughs> but look, you know what? It's a number. If it helps change the culture in any in like marginal way possible, why not? Why are we complaining about something that is, yes, trivial, but not stupid? Mitch, you have a beard right now. I have a lazy man's beard. Yes. Would you, how would you feel if your employer said you have to shave? Oh, well, I already don't like my employer, so that probably doesn't help. Oh, there you go. Bad it's example. not going to help your feeling. No, it's not a bad example. It's perfect. I suppose. I don't know how that's. I, I know what you're tr- where you're trying to go. Like it's stupid. Are you going to hate your employer more? Yes. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe not. And if the guys do hate the hate the rule, fine. Get out. I don't care. Right? That I, right. I, I I'm acting as Lou here. Lou's not going to care. All right, you don't like the rule. Guess what? There's a door. Go through it. See you later. Okay. What if Matthew Barzell didn't want to cut his hair? <sighs> well, I think. Then what about your stupid rule? <sighs> that would be tough. That would be tough. But would you think that Matthew Barzell would rebel like that? No. I don't know. I doubt. No. No. He wouldn't do that. Matthew Barzell is not the type of guy. Look, if Joshua Sang is going to rebel under Lou's reign, Matthew Barzell isn't. I hate it. Fine. I genuinely do. You're entitled to hate it. I'm just telling you that it's not stupid. So, to go over, who's changed their numbers so far? Thomas Hickey is now number four from number 14. Tom Kuhnhockel is now number 14 from number 34. I don't understand why Tom Kuhnhockel gets a number. I thought he just like wouldn't be part of this team at all. I figured he'd be an AHL bound player, but he should have a blank. He should have a blank jersey. It should just have his name on the back with no number. <laughs> you should just keep 34. I don't understand why I had to change it. Um, Pelic is now number three. Mayfield is now number 24 because he was super original and just switched the numbers around. And uh, apparently, Hosang has changed from 66 to 26. And I say apparently only because. He hasn't shown up to pre-camp with the New Jersey. It's just at BioSteel camp. He was wearing number 26. Okay. And rumor has it Beauvillier is going to be next. Well, so the people who are next are probably Bo, who's wearing number 72. That's got to change. Uh, Ross Johnson wears number 52. That's probably going to change. Uh, can Suzekis keep his number? Probably. Or veteran. is he a veteran? Veteran, I would say. But I don't know. I don't know what his rule is or where... Uh, sorry. I don't know where he draws the line on who and what is a veteran i don't know is it six years experience is it four i don't know uh and then there's barzal who wears number 13 and at least with the devils there was a rule where you couldn't wear number 13 mike camilleri found that out the hard way you could not wear number 13 with the devils but that's but why because it's under his 30 it is but 13 is an unlucky number oh my god now that is a devil's rule, and it was in existence before Lou stepped in in 87. So I don't know if he brings it in now, if that was just a devil's thing or if that's a Lou thing now. I believe it's just a devil's thing, so I don't think we have to worry about it, but something to look out for. All right. I guess. 
They just had another dumb one. It was that meme, right? The meme of this kind of like, mm, the guy shaking his head and opening his eyes wide. Mm, all right. Well, I just got a number 13 Barzell jersey, so if it changes, <laughs> I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it does. I think it's just a devil's rule. But who knows? I want Bovillier to keep his number. Uh, that's not going to happen. This is so dumb. I hate it so much. <laughs> Let's talk about something else that I'm going to hate. All the right. Islanders have the worst line in all of hockey. Okay, fine, fair enough. Their fourth line, Komarov, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, is supposedly based on a model. The worst line in the National Hockey League. All 31 teams, all 31 times four, however many lines that is. Worst one. Okay. Makes sense, doesn't it? So Yeah, it makes what, sense, what, what but it's still bad. What is this line that you're talking about? Komarov, Sezikis, Clutterbuck. Like, that, that makes sense to me. They're the worst in the league, but the, I mean... I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying that the line combines for $9.75 million against the cap mm-hmm. as a fourth line, and it's the worst line in the entire league. That's an issue. Yeah, so you said it was, it's according to a model. So whose model – sorry, I'm burping here. Excuse me. Whose model is this? I don't know. Some fellow from The Athletic. I'm going to have to look it up now. Was it Dom Lushinson? I don't yeah, know how to pronounce it. I don't know name. how to pronounce the last name. It, right. I, I tried like three times today and I couldn't figure it out. Uh, I, I'm going with like Lucian, something of the sorts. But usually what, what these guys use when it comes to their models is war, right? Um, Leo Komarov has a negative 0.767 war. Uh, I believe Sezikis and Clutterbuck are also in the negatives. So that makes sense. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck is a negative one, or sorry, negative point one one three, and Tzizekas is actually a positive point zero three nine in terms of wins above replacement. And th- th- these numbers I'm getting are from Sean Tierney. Um, of uh, well, he's also athletic. They're all athletic now. Everyone works for the athletic. Even down goes Brown works for the athletic now. Uh, but he has a blended results of war by Manny Elk or Manny Hockey, who's Corsica. And, and a few other people like Evolving Wild and at uh, CM Hockey 66. So they all use different methodology to develop their war. And that makes sense. Like they, they, when it comes to wins above replacement, these guys, at least on paper, are no good. Yeah, but it's, it's still an issue. Like You seem sure. unfazed by it. Well, I'm, un, I'm not surprised. I'm not saying that this year they're going to be a terrible line. I'm just saying on paper, they look like a bad line. I th- I think they'll still be fine. I really do. And even then, I think the fourth line is going to be Martin Clutterbuck Sezikis. I don't think it's going to be Komarov Sezikis Clutterbuck. I could be mistaken. Like, what do I know? But are, are you like what are you? What is your feeling right now? You're clearly upset. Yeah, because these guys are on their contract for three years and four years. Okay, Th- three for Sezikis, four for the other two. Right. And and like you said, big money. For yeah, nine point seven five million per year against the cap. That's a lot of money. And one of them has a no move or sorry, a modified no trade clause. Yeah. And Leo Komarov, yeah. He the explanation for why Komarov is bad was that he slowed down a lot defensively and he doesn't it, his offensive production also slowed down, so it 
doesn't really justify him being a quality NHL player anymore. Oof. Yeah, that kind of hurts. Um, yeah, like, listen, I, I again, I get it. I, I get statistically on paper why these guys are rated so poorly. Am I shocked? No. Am I upset? Not really, because I kind of saw it coming. Um, can they outperform that sort of on-paper analysis? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can a system help them and play to their strengths? Yes. Are they going to be plus three or plus four wins above replacements? No. They'll probably barely scratch the surface. They might even be negative, but they'll still be useful. I'm not worried. I, I still think that Warstat is flawed. Oh, yeah, you're not the only one. Like, I, I find it interesting, but I just don't know how much I'm buying into it yet. Well, you're, again, you're not the only one. When it comes to war, like it's not perfect. Everyone will tell you it's not perfect because how is it possible to take a game that is really built off of chance and luck and you boil down all of these factors to give you one number? That's really hard to do. And, well, not even really hard. Next to impossible to give you one number to rate one player based off of a million variables. And some of them, most of them are based off of luck, which is really just a coin toss. Yeah, right? A flip of a coin. Like a goal is is a lucky thing. You're lucky if you score. The idea is you create enough chances that your luck kind of, statistically speaking, you're more likely to score one. I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned about it. I'm not sold that Martin is going to be the everyday fourth line left wing. So I'm really not. What is your concern exactly? That they're going to be absolutely terrible and we're going to be awful? Or I that, think that they're going to struggle again, like they have the last year or so. Yeah, but the fourth line only struggled last year because Casey Zekas missed a lot of time, Cal missed a bunch of time, and then it didn't really work on whoever was, was kind of sitting in. Remember, they had uh, Nikolai Kuhleman, who also missed, what, three quarters of the season? And stepping in was... Who was stepping in for him again? Um, Johnston. Yeah, no, at the end of the year, and he was fantastic at the end of the year. Right, the last like eighth of the season, he was fantastic. It was oh god, I'm forgetting his name. I am forgetting his name. I'm gonna pull it up now. Uh, Quine. Sorry. Quine. No, was not Quine. Yes, Quine did play. It's um oh what the heck? Why can't I think of his name? Someone's yelling Tanner Fritz. That's what I was thinking of. Oh okay. And he's not very good. He's also playing on the third line, which made me want to bash my head into a wall but what about the time he played on the first line that was also not <laughs> we all remember that yeah so remember when cal clutterbuck played on the first line i do two years ago yeah i got him right away on fantasy and it didn't really work out because he didn't really score no that lasted what two games it was yeah two three games yeah anyway the islanders have a collection of bottom six forwards so i i'm sure they could just throw something at the wall and see what sticks and go with that for their bottom six. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, sure that's the strategy. I mean, it could be with this new culture change. They have the numbers have to be zero to 30, and then Barry Trotz picks numbers out of a hat to do the <laughs> yes. bottom six lines. Okay. Third line, or sorry, fourth line opening night. Who's on it? This, Komarov, Sezikis, Clutterbuck. Wow. Okay, I don't think so. I think it's Martin, Sezikis, Clutterbuck. Is Komarov stretched? Yeah. 
Oh, you're gonna, uh, yeah, probably. You're going to scratch the guy who just gave $12 million? Why not? If he's not playing well, sit on uh, the box, buddy. It's all about healthy competition. Right? If you can have a guy who's upset that he's not on the team, all right, great. You're allowed to be upset. Prove to me that you should be on the team. Then don't give him a modified no trade clause. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> or don't give him four years. Give him a one year deal. I know. I know. I don't understand why they gave him four. I don't understand why they gave him modified no trade. That doesn't make any sense. I know. I know. Was anyone banging down at Leo Komarov's door saying, I got to get you in. I'm giving you three years the for two and a half million dollars. Please and then, come to Russia and we pay you with, with rubles that aren't really worth anything at vodka. Here's some vodka and some rubles. And Lou's like, that's not happening. Four years, 12 million. That's a lot. Why? Modified no trade. What is it? Even? He's 30. I know. Or 31. How many teams can he say no to? On his modified no trade, seven. Seventeen no trade list. My God. That's awful. Yep. Yep. That's really bad. That's bad. Wanna answer some questions now? Yes. Let's get into that. So we have some questions this week. Mitch, we wanna read some of them off and yeah. we'll go. We got a ton again of questions about Panarin and Carlson, but I figured that we addressed that at the top. But still, one came through. One came okay. through. Hit uh, me with it. It's from at Than531 asking, if the rumors are true, what are the chances we land Panarin or Carlson by opening night? Well, I think that... I think both get moved before opening night. Wow. Okay. To the aisles. I mean, I wish, but I, <laughs> okay. no. Okay. I, don't, I don't think so, no. <laughs> well, that's the question. <sighs> What are the chances we land Panarin or Carlson? It's not both. It's not both. Are, but if we land one or one or the other by opening night, thirty percent. Thirty percent. See, I think if the Islanders are serious about either one of them, one of them will be here. I'm putting my money on Carlson. I'm saying there's a forty-five percent chance. That You're putting your money on Carlson, or no? Sorry, or Panarin. Panarin. Did I say Carlson? Yeah. Sorry, I meant to say Panarin. I was going to say, we have to restart this podcast because <laughs> you just changed everything we just said for the last 40 minutes. No, I, I believe by opening night, if if Lou is serious about getting one of them and that he, he's really, really willing to, to land one, it's going to be Panarin. And yes, by opening night. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think both get moved by opening night. If one of them comes here, I'm putting it at a 30% chance. Yeah, okay. Uh, next is at Michael Valdini. Asks, what are the chances of the Isles keeping Leo or, uh, sorry, Leo, Lee or Eberle since both are going into contract years? I emphasize the R because, Michael, you can use more letters. Don't worry about just using the letter R. You can, you can spell it out. You have, what is it, 240 characters on Twitter now? You got the characters, bud. Don't patronize the listener, Mitch. I'm uh, just saying. I hate, I hate seeing the letter R or U, the letter U. Just spell it out. Just spell it out. Either way, question is, what are the chances of them keeping both Lee or Eberle? Matt, I'm going to ask you first, and then I'm going to spew some numbers. I think you signed one. <sighs> See, I think you could keep both. Okay. So, assuming no trades happen, the Isles have the space to sign both of them. They can sign Eberle, who's currently making $6 million. What say you to Eberle making $7 million a year? 
And we're not talking term, we're just talking valuation. Fair. Fair value. That's fair, right? So seven million. Lee's making three point seven five. What say you to seven point five million dollars for Lee? Again, we're not talking fair. term, we're just talking value. That's fair. Fair value. Right? So that's an increase of four point seven five million dollars for the two of them. For whatever term, but at least the valuations were adding four point seven five million dollars to the IELTS cap. They have ten point five million dollars on the cap right now. Okay, so then your okay. question next to that is probably going to be, all right, you signed Lee, you signed Eberle. What about the other players you have to sign? Well, you have Nelson to sign. He's probably not going to make more than five. Yeah, he's bye. gone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Phil Pula, wave your hand again. Bye-bye. Uh, Jan Kovar. Maybe goodbye. <laughs> maybe goodbye. Maybe, let's say, max another $3 million. Right? Okay, sure. Um, again, you had $10.5 million on the cap. You spent four point seven five under the three. You're still at seven point seven five. You're still looking at two point. What is that? I don't know. How, I don't have the math. But and you don't have a starting goalie at that point either. Yeah, but continue. You don't have a starting goalie. You still have Kunhakul and Leonard to sign. I don't think Leonard's a long term option. I think they cut bait with him anyways, and they maybe try to trade him at the trade deadline because they got Soderstrom waiting in the rings. Interesting. And Soderstrom's already making less than a million dollars off the, on the cap. Uh, even if they bring. Sorokin in. I don't know how much they have to pay him. I don't know what his minimum is. I assume he has to sign an ELC, and that's still going to be what nine point nine twenty five, probably. So there okay. you go. Can I rebuttal? Yes, please. Okay, what are you doing then with Kiefer Bellows, Josh Osang, and Oliver Wallstrom? Because don't answer yet. Because if you re-sign Eberly, you now have Eberly, Bailey, Clutterbuck locked in for at least three more years, the other two for longer on the right wing. So that's three slots taken up. Mm-hmm. Then on the left side, if you have you extend Lee, it's Lee, Bovillier, and you got Ladd for all of eternity. <laughs> it's true. And I guess you could throw Komarov in there as well. That's four. You got no room for Bellows, and you don't have room for both Hosang and Wallstrom. Fair. You don't. You don't have room. You try to trade him. Or you buy him out. That's that's really my, Who are you <laughs> my best buying answer. Lad? I don't think you buy out Lad. It doesn't make any sense. You probably buy out Clutterbuck. I guess. Okay, but then are you putting Josh Hosang on the fourth line, Oliver Wallstrom on the fourth line? Maybe on the third line, right? Okay, but... Lad to the fourth? That makes sense. Imagine that, a $5.5 million play on the fourth line. Crazy things have happened. Yeah, what was it, Ryan Callan making $5.8 million on the cap, and he was playing on the Tampa Bay Lightning's fourth line, so... Mitch, I, I don't think you're keeping both because then you're blocking every single prospect you have in your system. I think you keep both and you figure out what to do with the rest of the, with that bottom six to make room for those kids. Yeah, but I don't want them in the bottom six. I want them in the top six. I know. I know you do. But we have a 40-goal score and a 60-point player already established. Okay. And Oliver Wallstrom is probably going to be a 40-goal scorer for, and make one-seventh of what Everly is making. True. True. 
If you're asking me, do I just get rid of Everly? No. I'm okay. No, with, I trade him. I'm Yeah, well, I, I put him in my trade for Panarin, but then we're no we're no better off. We're still bringing in another winger. And then you're probably not bringing Lee back either then. then or you're, you're probably both. giving up Bellows. You're probably giving up Bellows to get Panarin. That's a big price. That's a big price. You got to do something with them. Mitch, what are you going to do? Live in the AHL for all of eternity? I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, if it comes down to signing Lee, can they sign Lee and Eberle? Yes, they can sign both. What are the chances of Isles keeping both of them? I think the chances are high. They can make it work, at least in terms of dollars. And that was the biggest issue. Can they make it work in terms of numbers on the, on the roster? That might be a little bit more difficult, but that's why they got a Hall of Fame builder running the show right now. I don't want them to keep both. Pick one. I would pick Lee. I agree. Goal scoring is harder. Sorry, Jordan. You could have sorry, Jordan. I mean, he is a good player. I'm not saying that he's not, but you could then use his value at the deadline and then get back at least a first round pick and a top five prospect from whatever team system you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So that brings us to the next question from. A Breaker, B R E E C E R, uh, C K E R. Jesus, can't even spell it. It's in front of me. Um, Bellows make the team? Question mark. So does Bellows make the team this year? No, no. I I, I don't see it. I don't. I see want it. him to. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But there's not enough room. Well, we just talked about it, right? How there's little room on this roster. Unless you start moving pieces and you start scratching people and cutting people and, and waving whoever, like Jan Kovar, waved. Uh, Tom Kuhnhackel, waved. And then you have Komarov, Filpula sitting on the scratch pad for these young kids. Maybe. I guess. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know. But I, I, don't, I don't see Bellows making it. He's going to have to have one heck of a training camp to make this roster. Which isn't out of the question. I mean, no. we've seen him dominate at the Islanders rookie camps every year. That's rookie camp. Why are you being difficult with me tonight, Mitch? <laughs> well, you're asking me. You're saying something like, well, he's dominating at the rookie camp. Yeah, when I go play with my son's little group of kids, I dominate. Doesn't mean that I could play uh, at the next level. He's dominated in the WHL. He dominated in the junior tournament. Mm-hmm. He's dominated every level he's played at. It stands to reason he could do well. I know. I know. But it's going to be tough for him to have a good camp, a great camp, and then stand out on these guys who are already on a pedestal. Uh, he's got to beat out Andrew Ladd and Brock Nelson. I might be able to do that, Mitch. <laughs> he should be camp. able to, but again, they're already on a pedestal. It's already not equal pegging. They're not coming into training camp on the same footing. Brock yeah. and company. Look, Valtteri Fopla and Leo Komarov, he can beat those guys out, but they're standing on a modified no trade and no move clause pedestal already. So it's already not fair for Bellows. That's pretty wild. I know. Okay. okay. Yeah, no. Overall, no. Yeah. Last question. At Arts and Farts, love saying that, asks, what does the top line look like this year? Um. Uh, Bo Barzal Eberly. I think, yeah, I think we can all agree on that. And backup plan, Lee instead of Bo. Yeah. 
Which is, I think you can flip flop those two. I'd rather keep Lee and Bailey together, like we've talked about on the show a lot already. But I would say Bo Barzell Eberly. Worst case scenario, first line is Lee Barzell Bailey, and you still have a great playmaker in Bailey, and you got a great finisher in Lee. Like the alternatives are just as good as the regular. You know what though, the Islanders would never do this. But if they separated Beauvillier and Barzell, and the three guys. For that second line is Nelson, Beauvillier, and Eberly. I want Beauvillier down the middle. I don't want Nelson down the middle. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Let let Nelson be the finisher. Let Bo be the setup man. Or that, let, let Eberly be the setup man. If it's their style more, yeah. right? I totally agree with you. I much prefer Nelson as a winger. Let him shoot. Let him shoot. Oh, my God. Then you can maybe squeeze some sort of production out of him. Maybe. Maybe you get him to, like, 50 points. Possibly. Uh, you want to get into some social stuff to close it out? Sure. Let's do that. All right. The thing that I wanted to bring to the table was the rendering of the third jersey, the latest one, the leak. Oh, yes. Okay. Do you think that's the real one? I don't want to believe it is. I have no reason to believe it isn't. But I said it. Aesthetics hasn't really said anything yet. Although sportslogo.net, I believe it is, has confirmed. So I, I have no reason to believe it isn't. What do, you, what do you think? I would say it probably is. I, I agree with what you wrote. I'm underwhelmed by it. I think it's very okay. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what the Islanders wanted. Yeah, but you looked at every, every other team that dropped a third jersey was fire. Every single one. The Ducks, the Blues, the Devils. You go, go down the line. Every single one. And this is just so blech. I know. They went with something that wouldn't upset anyone that they know was relatively well-received in the past. And they weren't going to ruffle any feathers. Look, the Islanders have ruffled so many feathers doing stupid things in the past that they're just like, we don't want to upset anyone. We want to play it safe and build on the momentum. We don't want to take any step backs, even figuratively speaking. We want to move forward every time we do something. And this is how you do it. You play it safe. I guess. I I, I know. I don't like it either. I really wanted those orange ones. Well, I forget where they came from. I saw someone's mock-up and they were just, oh... Beautiful. Even the fishermen. The fishermen look good. But I, I understand why no one wants the fishermen or not a lot of people want it. I get it. But the orange ones. Oh, I love them. Yeah, I would like to see some orange. The original orange third jerseys are my favorite third jerseys of all time. Yeah, I know. They're not the worst. I know. They're definitely not the worst. It reminds me of a simpler time, Mitch. I was just a wee lad getting into the sport, oh, and that's why I liked it. It was a liked simpler it. time when little Matt O'Leary was just sitting there doing nothing but loving Michael Pekka. Yeah, you 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 know this. Michael Pekka is my all-time favorite Islander. I know he's your boy. Yeah, me and Michael Pekka are just like that. <laughs> Do you have anything for the social one? I, I got nothing. It was all it was all the mailbag stuff. All right, so let me just do some PSAs, and then we'll get on out of here. Yes, yeah, sorry, first off, thank you for everyone for sending in those questions. Keep them coming every week. Uh, we didn't answer all of them, even though most of them were about Panarin and Carlson. Yes, although there was one about Panarin and Falk. Oh, right. And that made me really happy. <laughs> so someone asked, what would you do? 
to get both of them, and I would do a lot because those are two guys that I you would love. have to do a lot. You could get both of those. I would love it. Right? Like, what do you have? I'd to be give? doing backflips. Like, we already know what we have to give up for Falk, right? Let's say like Nelson and Calgary's second. Yeah, that gets probably. you Falk. Probably, that's huge. And you get Falk, and then Panera. We already we already discussed what you get. Done. Done. And you got an eighty point, eighty two point player, and you got a top four D. Perfect. And Falk's two years, not one year left on his deal. Exactly. You got and a it's term. at less than four or just over four. It's pretty reasonable. I thought it was four point two five. Let me bring it up right quick before we close out the show, so we don't look like dummies. Uh, Justin Falk, four point eight eight three. So. Yeah. Okay, it was a little more than I thought, yeah. but under five, I'll still take it. Keep in mind, Justin Falk has a 15-team no-trade list. Don't matter. Let's get him. <laughs> let's get him. Okay. All right, let's close this thing out. So wherever you are listening, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate it, and it helps with our searchability and stuff like that and helps get more content out. So definitely, we thank you for that. Uh, you could also follow along with us on Twitter at FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can also give us a like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Also download our app, the eyes on aisles app available for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website, of course, eyes on aisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. I think that's it, Mitch. I think I hit everything. That's right. Episode 55 in the books. That's it for episode number 55. Mitch, I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.